You know, they say if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't say something nice, so I won't say nothing at all. I ain't nothing nice. You hear me? I said, whoa, welcome to the Best Friend Weekend Podcast. It's your man Aldo Nice, and I am joined by um, two of our former guests um, and, and habitual, can I say habitual, or rotational, what's the word I'm looking for, um, so occasional, seasonal. seasonal. Say habitual sounds like we drink. <laughs> I mean, we do, but... <laughs> like we drink a lot. Yeah. Like my yeah. habitual guests. Yeah. <laughs> so guests that I have on a revolving basis, when we have this one particular conversation that we like to have amongst the, the three of us. And, you know, eventually we may, we may open this up to other folks. But right now, um, I'm joined by uh, my colleagues, Just Devon from the In My Humble Opinion podcast. Yeah, Just Devon. In my humble opinion, you said it all. That's, okay. that, that, that works. That works. And and, and my guy um, Duff from um, or Doctor Duff, soon to be, um, from the Houston area Alliance of Black Men trying to make a difference. If they mixed, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, thank you. That's, uh, that's about it. <laughs> that's summed it. it up. I summed it up. They mixed. If they mix, yeah, I guess. Um, so yeah, we we wanted to get back. We had a little feedback. Um, for my midweek drop last week, we were getting a couple of questions and a couple of things that um, were very interested in. Then we started talking about, hey, we were supposed to do a woke part two for a long time. If you guys um, remember, the original woke was dropped on January 11th. So that was, you know, right at around a little bit over six months ago that we um, that we were able to get together and have that talk. So, you know, I wanted to revisit some of those topics. I think we left some things on the table that uh that we wanted to talk about, just that idea of wokeness and more specifically just the state of the black culture, man, the state of the union, if you will, that we um, that I think that this round table or square table is um, is very particularly um, we're we're the right people to talk about that. So anyway, one of the things that we talked about the last time was the continuum of wokeness. And I know that got a lot of feedback um, and we, we went. And if you guys remember, we talked about a scale. A hundred point scale of wokeness where that was right. zero would be a Tom, yeah. a Thomas, if you will. I won't use the Thomas sound effect, but a Thomas, if you will. And 100 percent would be a very um, Hotepian <laughs> right. individual yeah. who was out of pocket. And we settled upon <laughs> something that was that was that was kind of the standard that we thought that a black American should take. And we said 50 to 80 percent. That 50 to 80 percent um, was the was the rule. But since then, I just wanted to revisit it on this podcast and in front of both of you guys and in front of um, God and country that um, Rumble Williams hit us up and said that. And if you I haven't told you guys this yet, that it has to be 51 to 80 percent. Mm. I'm with him. I'm with him on that because that. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with him on that because that 51, that that little bit of extra because the 50. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I, I that, see what he's saying. 51, 51 to 80 percent. Yeah. I might go as far as saying fifty-one to seventy-eight percent. Like mm. I feel like you get, you know, you start to get up in the eighties threshold. <laughs> yeah, you're you you're re- you're reaching the threshold. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, fifty percent. He said obviously for on the fence. If yeah. you're on the fence, yeah. then there's, yeah. there's there's too much anecdotal evidence. There's too much video. There's too much tweets going out by the leader of the free world. It's too many things happening for you to be on the fence about where we stand <laughs> as right. a people. He is the leader of the free world. That shit is crazy. Yes, it's crazy yeah. to say. <laughs> it's crazy yeah. to me. And so then at fifty, you can still go back. Yeah, yeah, you, you can still can, go back. You can you can still dismiss that evidence. You can dismiss what the what the leader of the free world is saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so like we can't believe that he would talk about, you know, you know, either you know, women of color or whole black ass cities, right? Like black ass. He's been talking about black ass countries. <clears throat> he's been talking about black, black ass yeah, countries. shit whole countries. Took a right? shot at Al Sharpton the other day, and that, yeah. Al Sharpton posted a selfie. He was like, "Take care of your city." Like I'm like, "Duh!" <laughs> right. My man was just going down the escalator, taking a selfie, <laughs> saying, "I'm gonna stop by Baltimore," and he like, he just sees it as an attack. Yeah. Like, and so yeah. and so being at 50, being at 50 means that you can then dismiss that. Well, he didn't say black people. Yeah. Or he being at 50 can say, well, you know, he he it, there wasn't anything racial about it because yeah. he didn't mention race. And so Rumble's absolutely correct. 51%. You got to cross that threshold. You got to be on this side. And um and I mean maybe we can maybe we can revisit. Maybe it don't have to go 80. Maybe if you get closer to 80, then you maybe you may be doing a little tripping, but I feel like there's big there's spikes in my blackness. Yeah. I feel like there's daily, weekly, monthly spikes in my blackness where sometimes sometimes I'm 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 give, get along and get and do everything else. And sometimes I'm gonna get a tattoo that says Black Lives Matter on my arm. Right. Which I just noticed is dope. <laughs> oh, you dope. never noticed this thing? Oh, this, yeah. oh, this little thing? Yeah, no, I mean, so sometimes, yeah, I was, I was, I was at a good 94% that day. 94% yeah. that day? I mean, I, evidently. Like what that. prompted that? What was the... Was <clears throat> Strangely enough to say, um, the idea that was going on, and it's kind of one, it's one of these things that I think a lot of people would, would, uh, um, can relate with. That you can get tattoos at certain places. Like when you're young, you get a tattoo, you get it on your arm, right? You get it on your chest, you get it on your leg. You get tattoos in places that are not visible because there's a certain connotation about, oh, you don't, you got a job. You can't have a tattoo yeah. like that. So I guess when I realized that I have a job, that it doesn't really matter that much, like in, in that sense, as far as kind of like that I, I can still do my job effectively because nine times out of 10, I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt if I need to anyway. Mm -hmm. Then I went below the elbow. But the Black Lives Matter, the prompting of that was just, it was more so, I think I was in a place where I thought, I don't want anybody to be confused about where I stand. Okay. And I think sometimes at my job, and I don't want to speak to everybody because everybody can't do this at their job, and I don't want this to be an impetus yeah. for some young people to get out there and listen to this and say, man, I'm going to get um, Mandela tatted on my neck. <laughs> Like, like, I, like, like you can't like every situation isn't that. But I do work with a lot of people who have diverse views. And sometimes I'll make a joke like I and I can speak to this specific example. I was teaching a class one day and some they said something. I was teaching about computer science and I got on stage and I said um, and I was talking about something. And I said, Arkansas is the first state to have computer science standards as a as a, a state mandated thing for kids to learn and um the people were like okay cool and i was like so it looks like crooked hillary them did something right and i said it like that as a joke but it was kind of a feeler right yeah right right you know where i stand and i'm like I, I just was saying it as a joke you know whatever 
people were coming up to me afterwards like, ha ha ha, that crooked Hillary, right? Like they thought that they oh, were like, yeah, they didn't catch it at all. Yeah, so they thought yeah. like, they thought he was like, oh, he, oh, he's, he's Ben yeah. Carson. He's one of us, right? Right. So <laughs> I think sometimes, I think I was feeling that way just at the time. I was like, look, I don't want nobody to be confused. Like. Next time I make that joke, no, like I'll shake your hand with my hand that got yeah. Black Lives Matter tattooed. Oh, that'd be super good. So you can. Un- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I about- that- Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait just one minute, bucko. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the, the onus for that. But I mean, I, like y'all said, y'all talking about a lot of things that, um, like the president with his coming at countries and just in cities and the most recent thing is baltimore like right. i mean what are your thoughts on that Dump? yeah no i mean it's um the only way that he could have been more racist is if he would have said those niggas in baltimore or said some <laughs> if, if he that, that's the only way i yeah. mean like if we're talking about thresholds in like i mean he's right on the line like when you talk so it, there's a racist scale there, uh, there uh, there there's levels to it Absolutely. There's a racist scale. Is the racist scale. scale 100 points or is it like a smaller? Is it a 10 point system? What are we doing? We got um, We got I mean, well, putting it out we just there. Have to, yeah, okay. Well, I'm putting it out there. So then we can still, we can keep it at that 100 point scale. 100 point scale. Um, we can keep it at the 100 point scale, but I will, I will say it's a little nuanced. So let's say that 100 is full on Nazi. David Duke. Oh, not, David, not, even, not even David Duke. You're talking I, da- David full Duke, on. David Duke is on the 85, maybe yeah, yeah. 90. I'm talking, talking about 100% is... You're talking about hotel Israelites outside the, the um, <laughs> somewhere in, in downtown Washington, D.C. The equivalent, D.C. yeah. The, not the, the equivalent. I'm, I'm t- are we, we're saying racism across cultures or are you one of those no, people no, no. who think black saying, people can't be racist? Yeah, I, I'm, I am 100% that black people cannot be racist. Okay, and, cool. And okay. So, so maybe I need to start okay. from that premise. Okay. So I define racism Racism or racism is defined as having well part of part of the thing that that defines racism is that you have to be the source of power, mm-hmm. right? And so what happened? And so in this society, as far as the race, so racism is based on racial hierarchy. And so when one group, one racial group, has more power than the other, then they use that power to they use that power over other races, right? And so what's very important in my definition and what others' definition of racism is that you have to be in power to be racist. Mm-hmm. Now you could be prejudiced, right? You could mm-hmm. be prejudiced, but in order to be racist, you have to be part of the power group. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not to say that, you know, black people and other people of color can't, um, let's say, do the bidding for the racists, right? Because at some level, like there's some theorists that believe that to for, for racism or any of the isms, so sexism, uh, homophobia, for all of that to really persist in society, you have to have the oppressed group um, to some degree embody those those kind of racist tropes. So one example would be um, the Chris Rock thing, like black people versus niggas, mm-hmm. like like these kinds of things that we say, like where we like as black people, like we'll see like you know some young black males out, man, them niggas may be thugging, or you know the way that we embody mm-hmm. some of these same kind of racist tropes that mm-hmm. are there because we're also a part of the society. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think of it as a hundred point scale where, you know, the person who's going to, you know, march where their Nazi gear out in public, in you know, Charlottesville. in Charlottesville, like that's the 100%. 
Um, I think David Duke is by 85%. Trump is that that 78, that maybe that 78 where, and because here's another issue with racism. And I know God that. Damn, you got David Duke at 85 and Trump at 78. Yeah, and, and, and let me tell you wow. why. Let me tell you why. Because racism is nuanced in this way that there's these, there are certain code words yeah. that racism is this kind of funny and this kind of elusive it's not an it's not it is a bit of elusive but it's um it's a malleable right it's it's gonna survive it's gonna persist you well i mean and i don't know i don't i may say this today and then god knows what's gonna happen two years ago but up until trump it was not socially acceptable to talk about black people to think about trump's first First speech, he says that um, he's talking about Mexicans and how like hey, rapists they're not, and rapists and that that wasn't socially acceptable. Yeah, you say white people thought that this is what they think. White people think this, but they would never say it out loud. And so, like things like the inner city or all of the immigrants, the cold words. all they're all code words. And that's why I put Trump there because like he's saying it consciously knowing what the code words are so that the extreme races the ones who can cross that line they're the ones who are going to go operate they're the ones who are going to go do his bidding when he can always say well i was talking about the city or i was talking about the countries like i was talking about something else other than race hmm. and but one of the things that this also does right so we have if i'm putting trump at that 78 80 percent Damn, you gave him two more points. <laughs> oh, wait, I said 76? No, post. 78. That's the note. Okay, right here. In the, you rewind that right here in the notes. <laughs> right, right, in the notes, right? Um, and so, but what, but we do still have people who are in that, say, 51 to 70%. And so what it does, what, like, what these kinds of races, you know, either whether it be very explicit or even... Almost explicit. I don't know what to call what Trump says, but people who use the code words, what it allows for people who are they're pretty racist, it allows for them to say, I'm not like them. I'm not like Trump. I don't feel that way. But you voted for Trump. You get afraid when there's more than like two or three black people in a setting. You, you know, don't want your kids to go to school with black folks. You're calling the police on people who are barbecuing. Or at an Airbnb. Or at an Airbnb. See, and, and so then... When you have an Airbnb and you see that it's it's a bunch of well, not a bunch, it's not because y'all weren't even a bunch. It was more than two black that's, people. That's a bunch to them, right? It's a <laughs> that's and a so, bunch. But it's they a will gaggle say, of yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's so, what they but said. this, but but this person would say that that couple would say, "Well, we're not racist. Yeah, that's we exact, voted for Hillary. That's exactly what huh. they said, though, right? Huh. I mean, that's exactly what they said. Their premise was that that they're not racist. I wouldn't even say." Some of this stuff is like delving into because I don't necessarily I see where you're coming from on like can black people be racist or can they not? A lot of this stuff gets into like the psyche of black people trying to figure out how racist white people are, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. I'm like yo because I don't like if we're talking about the other isms, and I think that's changing. Women ain't trying to figure out how sexist men are. Like either you sexist or you're not, and you need to prove to me that you ain't. So when it comes to white people and racism, my assumption is unless I know that you're with me, unless you're going out of your way to prove that you're with me, I'm assuming you're not. And it just makes sense. And Trump, to me, 
is the epitome of centuries of like when they're like, oh, he's saying things that people can't say. He's not clever. He's not hmm. genius. He's repeating talking points that a party at, on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, but Republicans especially, have been trumping up. When you say Chicago is infested with crime, you know, infested, like making people sound like they're roaches. When you say, like, you need to take care of the uh, drug problems that are overwhelming the border, like we're being attacked by, like, groups of people. This is just Hordes. something that... World War Z. Hordes. Yeah, yeah, and you make it sound like that, but this is like, he, he's the end product of something that has been going on for since black people got brought here mm, yeah since black yeah, since uh, since somebody looked at a black person and went oh you different <laughs> like yeah. that's really what it comes down to so it's not i mean you remember when when donald sterling lost his team he didn't say anything racist like we start to get in this he thing did like say a bunch of racist stuff though but that but that but their response is what did he say that was racist you have black like people. You brought them black out. people. To, yeah, yeah, you yeah. brought them black. He didn't say nigga. Okay. He right, didn't say da da da. He didn't. He just said he don't. What if you said you don't want them white people at your house? And I've said that, but right. <laughs> like, like but that's it's not the same effect. It's not. It's definitely not the same effect. And like that's where it really gets into like that whole like defining or whatever. However you want to say it, one group has power. And one group has power and can affect the other group just by any little thing that they do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those people that are kind of on the fringe, I don't even like to have the am I racist conversation with them because I'm like, you're wasting time. Like, I'm going to spend two hours trying to convince you that you might have a prejudicial thought in your head. And at the end of it, you'll go, huh. Doug, you might be right. <laughs> and I'd be like, that goes a waste of my time. I tell people all the time, like, look, for women, you know that you go to work every day and there are sexist people at your office. There's a sexist dude in every girl, at least one. I said, why can't you assume that I feel the same way? I go to work every day. I know such and such is racist. What you think? I'm going to ruin my day. I'm going to ruin my check because of that. I'm going to avoid this racist person. I'm going to go on about my day. Sometimes I'll bump into you at the potluck or, or in the little room, or like something like that, or in the lounge, and that's it. But that doesn't mean because we've had a conversation. Because I said, y'all will come up to me and be like, oh, such and such is sexist. But I was like, you. it's not like y'all call. It, it's not up to the victimized group to call out everything spent all day doing it listen guys <laughs> the the last um i don't know five to ten minutes of you two um kind of just having that conversation there so many things to unpack changes the direction of kind of what i want the conversation i want to talk about because there's so many rich conversations that could come about there one thing that just jumped out at me and i'll kind of work in reverse order you just said something about women um and how they don't they can you you're comparing the struggle of like women and and sexism versus um, black folks and racism, right? Yeah, yeah. And what I think is interesting right now is that we're in an era that we can all kind of agree that it was overdue 
for women to um, not have to put up with some of the bullshit that they put up with just in society in general. But I would assume that we can also agree that in some cases, this has become a little bit reaching for like they reach a little bit with some of the accusations that come out. Just big facts because you'll hear the whole facts and then you're like, oh, shit, it was just trying to get somebody right. Mm -hmm. My question is just this. If black people try to have that same kind of same kind of thing, right? They're doing this to me at work because he's in power. Like he's in power. He's Harvey Weinstein. And he's doing this to me at work because he's in power. And I got to just let it go because I'm a woman. Like could blacks run that same that same play and be like, he's doing this to me at work because I'm black and he's in power. And I mean, is it, would it have to be some kind of a sexual, um, you know, would it sexual in nature, but then what's the equivalent of that? If it's like, like, it would have to be racist in nature, right? Because if it's sexist, then it'd have to be racist. So he's in power. He's doing something racist. Now it's time for them all to get their, their comeuppance. And it's the black me too. I mean, yeah. but how does that even look or feel? Because I, I, I don't know. That just was. Well, it's a I, look for me. It's a it's a weak comparison, but it's one I usually make usually towards like a white woman. Mm-hmm. That way, it's like look because half the time the scariest look to people get people are. to understand how you feel. A lot of times, it's like okay, now I've literally got to put you in a situation <laughs> where you can empathize because you felt that way. So mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, okay, I understand that. But then at the other time, I'm like, yo, I ain't got all day to do this with each one of you individually. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, either you're going to be with it or you're not. And and at this point, like, I'm almost 40. I ain't got, like, the rest of my life to be out here educating every single person I come across. Like, oh, I, And this goes for, it's not just white women, but Hispanic people that say nigga all the time. And I'd yeah. be like, yo, I don't like it when you do that. Well, why not? I said, well, you got a word for us already. Use that one. They'd be like, what? <laughs> like, I know your, your your culture has a word for black people. Like, every you go everywhere across the world, black people get discriminated against. That's just it. Darker skinned people, absolutely. Yeah. Darker skinned yeah. people, like, the way that it comes across. So, I, I just feel like a lot of times we get so much onus put on us for, like, oh, educate the world about how we feel. And I'm like, you know how we feel. You're just yeah. ignoring it. Yeah, no, and, and and Devon's absolutely correct. Like, why why would why should the oppressed have to then educate and yeah. and, and act in that way? Um, but another thing that I, I just wholeheartedly agree with Devon is the fact that this kind of Me Too era, mm-hmm. this 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 new, I guess I guess awakening of women, like has a lot to do with white women. Mm-hmm. But ironically, right, and this is where this is where, like, as black people, we've experienced this just time and time and time again. The Me Too movement and the phrase "Me Too" was started by a black woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like we we can't like we can't even even within that that realm of 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 this kind of Me Too era, black women can't even get the justice or the recognition that they need, and so. Even though, like, it's 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 intersectional in the sense that, like, you know, we have these like levels of oppression, but it's just white people will co-op. <laughs> what did what did Paul Mooney say? White said? people will take you. Yeah, they'll take you. They'll like, take you. They'll and, take and you. Lonnie Richie. <laughs> and I think the other thing too about it, the deepness of it is, they can do it completely unintentionally. 
Like, yeah. they can literally erase you by sheer numbers alone. I was reading this book. It's uh, the last guy. His name is last name is Twitty. He does Conway uh, Twitty. <laughs> That's what I was to say. I wanted to say Conway Twitty, but I don't know. It might be Michael Twitty. But why either do we way, all know who Conway Twitty is? We're of a certain way, age. That's why. Either way, he does a book about Southern cooking. He's a black dude. Big black dude does this book about black Southern cooking. And he's basically like, that is American cooking. And it's been completely co-opted. And he's like, it's little things like uh, brisket. Yeah, Brisket comes from nowhere. Like it pop like you like when we were kids, nobody was barbecuing brisket. Like what what were you known if you went to a barbecue? What were you gonna be getting? Some ribs. Ribs. That's exactly what black people were known for cooking ribs. Ribs are a tougher meat, and usually meats like that require time, they require effort, all that other kind of stuff. All the famous black barbecue chefs, all the famous black barbecue restaurants are known for their ribs. A lot of white upper echelon and Jewish people come in, they're cooking brisket. They're taking the same type of style of the cooking, but now you fast forward to like around 2005, 2010, you have all these uh, food magazines that are like, we're going to start rating the best barbecue in the country. Mm -hmm. We only rate if you cook brisket. (laughs) You have black people that have had restaurants for hundreds of years, and they're like, we don't cook brisket. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not part of our thing. But you completely erase. And now, all of a sudden, it's like you've got people lined up at whatever random. I'm not going to name no names, but it's always like skinny white guy, glasses, tattoo of like yeah. a pig on his arm or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, I do this old world style barbecue cooking. But I'm like, it's nothing against that person. But it's like you guys getting in have completely erased a culture of people and then it's like when you point it out, they're like, well, I ain't do that. <laughs> like, well, that wasn't me. Yeah. And this, <laughs> but this also speaks to the way in because I, I think like I'm I guess the being trained as a sociologist and just kind of thinking about these things and just thinking about like, well, how do we solve it? I don't think we can solve it in the interpersonal. Right. No. Like like what what you just talked about is a is a system. So they said we're going to rate the best barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so we're, we, we're going to have a system. But they include a system that they or they create a system that excludes these black, it's, you know, chefs or are the, these barbecue men who have been doing this for a very long time. It's, exactly. it's the Grammys. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what it is. Yes. It's 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 we're gonna have this thing that, and I mean, just for a, a cooking thing, just an aside. Anything that's hard to cook, like you talked about ribs, anything that's hard to cook or undesirable, black people have made it taste good. Yeah. Exactly. Anything from tripe exactly. to um to what what is the stuff um, country black people be eating that I've never chitlins. ate? Chitlins, yeah. gumbo is just like a yeah. whole bunch of yeah. just throw whatever is and left the thing in about the pot. It is years later. Like I said, in 20, 30 years. Some white kids gonna pick up some ribs, yeah, and be like, "Let me try this." And oh, I look back at the old styles, yeah. and people are gonna be like, "Oh, this is amazing! How you do that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "There's some black dude that's been cooking and ribs some, for and some white boy is gonna start rapping, and and he's gonna that, that, get and, and that, he's gonna and, drop and an that, album, and, and it's gonna be like, is. "Oh my God, Britney!" I mean, I've been listening to something recently, um, and there's this whole thing on the Ringer that they're talking about 1999 because it's 20 year anniversary of 1999. It's pretty cool that. It's like the music and the songs that came out in 99. 99 was lit, mm-hmm. right? 
but like they were rating the best albums of 99. It's like Lauren Hill, X Factor and shit. It's like, I mean like that album, whatever album she had that song on. It's like some Goody Mob stuff. It's Jay-Z. It's TLC. It's all kind of stuff. Britney Spears is number one. And like, no doubt it was jamming. Britney Spears was jamming back in the day. But it's, that's all that is. It's like a hip hop, pop collab type thing that it was like, oh, you do a little kind of a pop feel. So, I mean, that's talking about co-opting things. But I really want to go back to a little part that y'all just y'all, y'all talked about when you were talking about the continuum. And this is this has been standing out and sticking in my head since you said it. And I got to bring it back. You said that you were talking about that scale of, of racism. And you was like, man, maybe I don't do X, Y, Z, or maybe whatever that. You don't know that you're 51% racist. My question is, who are 0 to 50? Who are these people? Mm. Explain to me who is 0 to 50% racist. And and let me even take it back. Is there such thing as a white person walking around who's 0? And if... But just just tell me who's a zero to 50. Explain me. Tell me who that person I don't, but is. That, that, I guess that's why I was saying I don't put it on a scale. Racism is just racism. And the effects of it uh, could be anything. And, and, I, and that's agree. also why. But I agree. I think but the scale is, is way scale. more fun to do. Oh, the scale is absolutely more fun to do. You <laughs> right? can be like, oh. We're, this is visual. They close their eyes yeah. listening right now. And they're like, oh, I see the scale. And I got a real question. And yeah. I'm putting it to Duff. Because yeah. Duff had Trump at 78%. Yeah. David Duke at 85%. Absolutely. The yeah. people absolutely. who put us at the, at, at the Airbnb in the, in the mid-60s. Who yeah. are the zero to 50%? They were just mid-60? That's what. That's what Duff said. Oh, oh, you well, no, said no, no, no. no, in the sense of like racism, no, no, they were racist as shit. Well, and like, yeah, because and I guess I I have to qualify because like racism is ra- there is no little bit of racism. Yeah, right? yeah. A racist act is a racist act, but the problem is that, and this kind of goes into this idea of racism being systemic, being institutional, and I think it's a bit problematic to think about racism solely within, like I said, the interpersonal mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But white people who are, man, I, I, one of my former colleagues, I would say, for a white person to be not racist they have to be therefore anti-racist. Okay. They have to. But this. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Does that? Does the anti-racism put them on the other side of the fifty? Uh, absolutely. But but it has to be. But, but it feels a, like if you tell call somebody forty percent racist, that that's an insult. Well, because racist a racist act is a racist act. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, even if you're fighting racism actively, you can still be a thirty-five percent racist I, I, on the scale. Because well, and and this is yes, I'll, I'll say yes. I'll give you one example. Yeah. Go ahead. Charlemagne posted this earlier this week. He said, "Nancy Pelosi will let your black ass die. Fight the fascists." And and it was a po- it was a quote from Huey off of um, the Boondocks. Mm-hmm. But Charlemagne posted that, and I'm assuming I didn't really dig deep, but I'm assuming it has something to do with the squad, right? It has something to do with the fact that Nancy Pelosi's not stepping up against Trump in these attacks that he's yeah. doing right now. So that puts Nancy Pelosi at a place where she's not actively fighting against racism. So would that put her? In the zero to fifty percent racist realm, is that kind of that's a perfect like I think that that's the perfect example. And her response also, the people that Apathy. support her and her response of when you say that, where it's like you got these four women that are like, hey, your policies and your lack of understanding of coming forward and your lack of getting out here and getting as angry as we are because it's not affecting you is in and of itself racist. And it. their response is it. always. <gasps> 
How dare you? Preach. Like, yeah. we were, we're friends. We've worked this out. Yeah. And it's like, yes, we are friends. But I am shocked at the fact that even though we're friends, when this guy comes out the blue, because, and that's why I always bring up, like, especially with white women, the sexism, if Trump had to come out and attack y'all as women, you'd have been up here with us. Because. Nobody did. And no, they didn't no. give a fuck. No, no, no. I'm talking about if she, no, no, no. He attacked them as minority women. Pelosi oh, you was talking, oh, you're talking about no, no, no. That's what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about as a squad. Yeah, we talked yeah. grabbing if about it. Attacking them as minority women, Pelosi was like, ah, oh, okay. So he's attacking them minority women. If he had a guy up there and attacked them as women, like I, any woman can get it. White women, black women, and I don't care what color you are. Then everybody would have jumped up and it would have been like, oh, okay, we're the woman squad here. So that's the thing where it's a problem where it's like, yo, if you're going to sit on the fence, look, it's cool. I feel like politicians and people always run into that where it's like, yo, I'm always dealing with black people and I'm cool with them. But then they'll do something and they feel like black people turned on them. And they're like, we didn't turn on you. We just know what you are. Mm -hmm. Like you with us when you need us. (laughs) Sometimes you're not the by and large, the majority of the time you're not. With us, Mm -hmm. you have to be truly apathetic to be in a city or be in charge of a city where black people are like, I I don't know why it's happening, but black people just happen to be the poorest people here. Mm -hmm. Just happen. I don't know why. I don't know why. You have to be apathetic because black people there are like, oh, I know why it's happening. There's a system in place that makes us poor. If you're not like there's a system in place that makes us poor, you have to be thinking maybe them black people lazy. Maybe them black people criminal. And and here's and and again, like Pelosi's a a great example, and that 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 I guess exchanges too. But even going back to the Baltimore thing, Pelosi's dad was the former mayor of Baltimore. That's your fucking city too. Yeah, yeah, but that's not your city anymore because there's just too many niggas. Because the wire, right? <laughs> yeah, because the wire and Chris the and Snoop right. killing people, yeah. and putting them in, so, in abandoned buildings. But yeah. and so, like, if we think about racism, like, yeah, like you may not be pushing me off the ledge, but I'm hanging on the ledge, about to fall off, and you looking at me. Yeah, right. Especially for people. Are you turning turning the other way? Or yeah, or tur- just turning the other way. But people in power, though, I think that you know, if you're a white person in power. And you then choose, then that's kind of pushing. That's kind of pushing you a little bit higher on the racism hmm. scale because you have the ability to just. Speak you have a responsibility, out and a you responsibility. have a, you have a responsibility, and you have an avenue. Uh, uh, you have a voice. You have a you have an outlet to get out there, and and I think it's I think apathy, and I mean I'm, I'm seeing it. It's very visual now. It took us a while to kind of walk, talk through this in real time, but it's very visual to me to see. Just hopefully, like the last time we did this, you saw the continuum of wokeness. Hopefully you see the continuum of racism right now. And, and I can see it clear as day how your actions and your behaviors and your proactive nature towards combating racism, speaking out against it, making sure that your work environment. So, I mean, you work with these people. And, and this was a big part of what I talked about last week. We work with these people. We work with these people on a, on a day to day basis. Everyone does. Hmm. And so what did, what makes the people that you work with? What what level are they of racism? Are they sitting in the um in the in the teachers lounge or are they sitting in the the, the around the water cooler saying, hey, I voted for Trump and MAGA and get and build that wall? No, no the majority of them are not going to be <laughs> at sixty and seventy and in in and above yeah, yeah. in your presence. Yeah, absolutely. but in your presence, they might still be forty seven percent because anytime something comes up about racist racism 
or anytime something is happening in this country or even in your micro situations at your in, at your work environment that you at all the time, if they're not speaking out against it, if they're not actively saying, hey, we, we don't need that around here, then you're perpetuating it. So yeah. um, but wh- where does um, gaining or benefiting from white supremacy or or from white privilege, where does that fall? What if you're speaking out against it, but at the same time, you're benefiting from white privilege and you're just like, you know, I, I think it's bad and I think racism is bad and I'll speak out on it all the time. But I got this promotion over this black dude and he probably deserved it. And I'm not going to say that because it, you know, benefits me as a white person. Well, I mean, like that's that that could be a good example. But I think a better example mm-hmm. or, or a more complicated example of white privilege would be, you know, people who grew up like white people who grew up in the suburbs who's parents had you know the gi bill or who got loans and so like this idea of wealth and 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 white people who have benefited from i guess passing down the generations that have passed down um privilege due to whether it be because your ancestors were former slave owners and y'all just had dough like that or because of again other systems like you know primarily like with you know, the GI Bill with home loans, FHAs, things of that nature. So that's kind of complicated because a lot of a lot of these white people who are middle class, who their parents were middle class, who their parents were middle class. You're dealing with white privilege, but we don't always identify that as privilege. Mm. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky to say, like, OK, if you're a person of that, that's privilege. You've benefited from being white. What does that white person do? Hmm. I don't yeah. have the answer. And, and and it's 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 a question. It's a good question to put out there because I don't I don't have an answer for that either. And something that just dawned on me that's like it's kind of one of those I pull my head up aha moments. I was telling both of you guys before we started recording that last week's um, podcast, I stopped the recording and then I I edited a part out mm-hmm. where I said. And the quote was something like, and what I'm listening and I hear you guys saying, we're using the term white people, white people, white people, over and over. Yeah. It, it, this is one of those pods where white people don't be offended if we're not talking about you. We talk <laughs> like, you you know where you, you should have a better idea where you stand on this continuum of racism as a white American at this point. Mm-hmm. But, but I said something last week about how sometimes black people will get up and be like, I don't want to go to work because I don't want to deal with white people today. And I deleted that part because I said, man, that it came across, it was biting. And it was me just having a conversation, just, it was just a monologue I was having last week. And, it, and without context, it was kind of biting. But I think I have context for it now because of this conversation. I think when something happens, whether like I'm watching Rosewood, and those are the examples I always <laughs> use, Malcolm X, anytime those come on, um, how they see us. When, when we watch this, I'm, look, I'm mad at white people. And the thing is, I'm mad because I'm going to work and I'm going to be in an environment that's on a that's on a zero to 100 scale. And even if everybody is 20 percent or even if whatever people are in the in the lower realms of racism where they're not actively doing it, if you're not outraged like I am, if you're not sitting around thinking about this or offering up like some kind of a, hey, I watched this art. And it's, it's, it's easier, to, it's a tougher example is talking about those movies because that would be something I'm doing on my own. But a better example is Trump talking that shit. If Trump's out here talking that shit about like specific, like racist stuff and yeah. everybody in America hears it and then you come to work and there's no kind of a talk about it, there's no kind of a 
like, man, we we don't need any of that Trump type behavior. That's why I love the president of our university when he sends out those oh, messages. Yeah, and he'd be like, look, <laughs> what Trump doing, I ain't with it. Yeah. And that kind of active stuff, yeah. talking out against stuff, yeah. that's... So that probably is why some of those reasons why I don't want to like when when black people feel like and it's not just me when black folks feel yeah. like I don't want to go around these people today yeah. is because of that because you you know you're not going to get any kind of a positive conversation or affirmation or request response that's looking for change it's just going to be that the same old thing man yeah and 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 that's also a level of white privilege white people do not go to their job worrying if something racist is going to happen to them, just like men, most men don't go into their job, you know, worrying whether or not they're going to get yeah. sexually harassed. And so like not having, can you imagine like how product, more productive you can be as a worker if you're not going into the job thinking, worrying about, dang, is this person going to say, because you know, mm-hmm. as, you, as you mentioned, we all know who supported Trump, who the racists are, like in the degrees of it, like just are those two things one and the same. Those who supported Trump and the racist. Uh, it's like a perfect circle. Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> the Venn diagram is a It depends. It depends. Um, I, heard a, I heard a white guy say that some people just wanted anarchy. And he was like, it, it wasn't about Trump. They just wanted some, you know some shit but to even say. Even people but like is that, that like saying you want anarchy at the yeah, want anarchy when it's at the expense of white people. <laughs> yeah. Like you want an anarchy right. at the expense of minorities yes you wanted anarchy and 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 when those people make arguments they ignore all the stuff dealing with minorities and they're like well i'm just focused on the financial aspects or i'm just focused on i'm like oh so you're just not focused on the people like people as people you not worried about that at all is trump just wrapping this shit up right now because an election's coming up nah i think but you you don't feel like it's ramped up right now I, I feel like we, it's, I, think I feel like this month has been wrapping up. up. Yeah, like I think he's been wilding. Like, I, I, this ain't this ain't par for the course. Trump for the last three years, he hasn't I, been on this. He's on. He's been on ten for the last. He's been three on weeks. ten for these last few weeks, and I think it's because of the, I, I because of the Democrats. Because like maybe he thinks we're comfortable. Like, I mean. I don't know. Because, like, a lot of those speeches, those are Stephen Miller productions. Yeah, if you've seen yeah. Stephen Miller, Stephen Miller, like, you know, because it, it in the last two years, Stephen Miller's position got a little. He's now a senior advisor. Like, he's just saying, Trump, like, whatever, whatever you feel in the day, go, with go that for shit. it. That, that, that's my suspicion. I mean, he's definitely got to shore up the base. But it's one of those things where I'm just like, this is. This is how things are run now. Like, it's like now we're just going to be a lot more. I wish I could say things are like ramping up, but it's more like, oh, we just really, really. It's kind of like when they're like, hey, are uh, black people getting like shot more by the police? <laughs> or, okay, okay, or, okay. Or, or do okay. like niggas just have cameras? And okay. I was like, People have camera, like people. Yeah. Have been t- like when you, you know, when you go back and you'll be watching like a old, you'll watch like an old movie, not even that old. You'll watch like Boys in the Hood, and it'll be like a racist cop. And then you'll go back and watch a movie from like the nineties, like eighties, 
And then be a racist cop in that movie. Fuck, fuck. And then the seventies. And be a racist cop. Fuck, fuck. You'll see good times. And be a racist cop. Yeah, they fuck. shot cornbread. Like, the cop shot cornbread. It's like, on bread early. Said, it's we like have been making the same film. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when when people were sending me like, oh, like the teacher movies they would always show. And I said, you know, I don't like teacher movies because it's always like a majority person coming into a minority school and I'm like so that means y'all know minority schools is messed up and it had and he relates to the kids I said so you know the kids are great you know it's just the system they put in it's just the last one they did Antonio Banderas was dancing with him Mm -hmm. like I was like quit like fix the school quit sending this white knight to take every time I see that movie whether it's real or not I'm like wow you saved 30 kids and 800 people at that school did not graduate. Oh. <laughs> like, like, you saved the drama class, honey. Congratulations. They're like, you know, the, the, the graduation is still low. So, but, but you know who saved the whole school? You know who saved the whole school, though? Who? Man, come on, Joe Clark. Joe Clark. Joe Clark. Yeah, Joe so Clark. You, but you also say, but you also saw that Joe Clark, as a black person, was like. I'm fixing the school. Yeah? Yeah. And he was also like, these kids ain't the problem. You know what's the problem? These, these drug dealers, these, these teachers, teachers, these parents, this system, mm-hmm. the fire department, mm-hmm. the police. I will fight every single system <laughs> to get this system in order. <laughs> Take the lights yeah. off. <laughs> and, when, and when white people kind of come in in these movies, they're like, I'm going to work with these. Like, I'm going to get Jamal. He don't talk, but if I can just get him on my side, right. he'll get the whole class. I'm like, Jamal in a whole game. How is Jamal a- Asia, in a whole Asia game? Asian president. Asian is pregnant and uh, yes. and Marcus don't come to school. Yeah, yeah I mean, yes. I, it's the yeah. same. Yeah. Well, and it's but and so so the, I guess there's two things, right? Because I think <laughs> film, like because because film is very indicative of the society that we live in. So there's the one there's the one trope of this, um, uh, I guess, a neoliberal kind of mindset that it's all about the individual Mm -hmm. right the individual will come in and say because we believe that we Mm -hmm. live in this society where it's all based on my meritocracy or Mm -hmm. that we're that this is society based on the meritocracy and if i work hard enough blah 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 so you have that going on then you have the white savior the white knight trope that the white person will always come and say that's a common kind of hollywood trope but all of this kind of goes back to where it's we're focusing on the individual mm-hmm. and it's really the systems, the, it, this, the systemic racism, it's the institutional racism that's also very difficult to to deal with. Like it's easy to kind of point out a person, but exactly. the systems exactly. and the institutions, yeah. how do we do that? It- it's easy to point out a person when they're doing something negative, and it's easy to point out people when they do positive mm-hmm. results. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, okay, Trump is racist. Yeah, but I'm more concerned about the systems exactly. that this group of people is perpetuating. Same thing when it's like, oh, look, this one kid from the inner city made it. Okay, why did he have to even struggle to get out of that? Why right. is this school so horrible? Mm-hmm. Why is this set up like this? How come this? I know y'all got money. How come this school don't have money? Like, how come your whole area got money and it's just like, and you you start to like see HISD how HISD has the most the the most affluent schools in the district. I mean, and in the, the city and, and the, the worst. worst and the worst. And it always city. is. It's it, it 
you get tired of the coincidental. Like, it's like HISD has the most affluent and it's also the worst. And it just so happens that the white kids wound up at the affluent right. ones and the black kids wound up at the worst. No, you're right. And then they make the jump. Like, somebody that's of dominant power that believes it is like, the black kids probably made it like that. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah. If you took one of those black, and you see, you take a couple of those black kids when you bust them out or you put them, and you put them in a different system, all of a sudden things start clicking. I mean, and, and you guys said something there, and you, you used the term, and you said uh, talked about Antonio Banderas, and you said he came in as the white knight. Um, Antonio Banderas is not white, and I just want to say this. If you're not, I just want to say this. <laughs> And that, you can say it because that's what I was going to say. I'm about to say, I'm yeah. about, it, it, you, if you're not black, you're white. There, there's no, and I mean, I'm what, like, what does that have written down? No, 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 no. Other okay, okay. And I'm going to tell you like I this. Mean, but that's saying, a thing. That's a thing, really too. when it comes down to it. And maybe that, like, that, that's a very complicated thing that deals with the whole dominance of, like, white people and European conquest. But every other race has gotten a one up like it's cool when you get here i don't care what you are whether even talking about the divisions of europeans italian uh irish Mm -hmm. whoever gets here gets shitted on and then they get a little leg up and they go i'm not them niggas though and that's it and then they just get built into the system but you're seeing it happen with like i i'm really getting tired of seeing hispanic cops shooting black people and then they go, George and when Zimmerman you say it, you go, you go, yo, that he's not white. I said, that's not the concern. First of all, if we went back to their original country of origin, all, you're not going to even see. I get tired of all the black people here just happen to be poor. Yeah. And yeah. all the well, lighter skinned people happen to be okay. Well, but he's and, from and me, the, the country that um, <laughs> that perpetuates that shit more. Than yeah. Ever. But well, he recognizes that. Well, yeah, no. And see, but because I'm, I'm going to push I'm going to push back a little bit. Go right. Um, in the sense that, like, the idea of like, OK, a Latino or Latinx person like killing a black person. Mm-hmm. Right. Nick down in the north side of Houston. Uh, the one he was mentally ill. He had his pants down. Yeah, and they shot yeah. him in the street. Yeah, black dude, right? Yeah, and absolutely. so it's like, and so this is where I speak of like, it's not about the individual; it's about the systems in mm-hmm. in policing as a system. Oh, yeah. If someone, if I feel threatened, I can blast you legally, right? Yeah. And so, um, but but who have we criminalized in the society? And as who a, have si- we yeah. made? As a yeah. system, we have said black people and the darker the black person and the darker is threatening it's threatening and so it doesn't That's matter the point I was yeah at. and so it doesn't matter like you, yes like a white person clearly racism but even though it may be a latinx or it may be a latino or the asian dude that shot uh Cast- i think he was he asian and castillo uh, Cast- for yeah fernando mm-hmm. yeah so like he was asian i believe and so like this is where i talk about like I'm, I'm at this point of where I'm at. Like I mean, the interpersonal, like the person-on-person relationship racism issues. Like we can talk about those, and those are like very problematic. But I'm, I'm more trying to wrap my head around how these systems, how the rules of the game are kind of are made to like disadvantage black people no, in the yeah, in the absolutely. sense of black in the sense of policing, like actually kill. Black yeah. men, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, so that's where it's like it, it doesn't matter who the individual is in that certain position. The position itself that is is a systemic kind of anti-black 
organization. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why Obama and this controversial, like, I mean, I don't know. We've kind of we've been posed Obama a little minute, <laughs> but like this is why Obama couldn't really help us. The president of the United States is representing this white racist sexist homophobic whatever kind of negative thing society that we live in like he can do what he can right but it's all about the system this is about the completely about about the the operations and i think i i wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying that the system and i mean it it sometimes feels like a cop-out it sometimes feels like a like you're not being descriptive enough when like I was in an Uber last week with this guy from South Africa. Well, no, he was from Rhodesia. And he was telling me how blacks were a servant class where he was from and how he it took him moving to the United States and being here for years to realize that he was really racist. And he was just saying some stuff about black people and how, you know, working and, and not working and stuff. He was saying some racist shit to me in the <laughs> Uber, but he was trying to make it feel like he understood. And I just was like, man, it's 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 systems in place. And Every time you say that, it almost comes across to me. It, I mean, for myself personally, it feels like I almost feel like I need to explain to you these systems because it, it, it's but just take it at face value. Um, listeners of other persuasions who are listening to this, that there are systems in place that are, are here to marginalize people of other ethnic groups, specifically African-Americans. And what I was talking about with the other ethnic groups is that if you're not a black person, then you don't get the same level of discrimination. Yes. And yes. because you don't receive the same level of discrimination, you feel as though, and it's some, the, our society has made it so that mm-hmm. you feel like you're better than. Mm-hmm. And there's this, this underlying kind of war that's been years that Asian people are smart at math. They're good at math and they're smart and they're docile and X, Y, Z. So Asian people can kind of be like under white people as far as like a number yeah. two race. Which, and which, then it leaves black people and brown yeah. people at the bottom and Absolutely. no one wants to be at the bottom. So brown people make it a point to try to feel like they're superior to black people. And the other thing, and too, it's a thing clearly about it's a that. Thing. The history of Asian people in this country Looking at that alone, the Asian people are smart and Asian people are great and all that other kind of stuff. That's new. Mm -hmm. You go back and you look historically, they were demonized way worse. In the 40s. Pearl Harbor. We did Chinese exclusion. So when people are always like, what can happen? I'm like, there was an active... Uh, an active campaign by the government to change the perception yeah. mm-hmm. of Asian people here in the United States. So it is one of those things where it's just like uh, the, those are some of the things that you have to look at. Yeah. Well, and, and because here's the thing, because it's still we because we live again in a society like where like we are we're based on stereotypes because it's still about racial hierarchy. Even though, so for example, for Asians, even though Asians are stereotyped as this quote unquote good stereotype, that they're studious, mm-hmm. that they're good in math, that they're that they're just they're hard workers, right? That's a stereotype. That they stand close behind you in lines at stores. Right? That that may be a stereotype okay, and, too. And, and apparently in the rest of the world, everybody stands close to you. I didn't okay. know that. Okay. I, America has a, a longer arm length distance. <laughs> I didn't know that. Like I was just like, oh, like yeah, Doug, what, yeah. why are you talking so? So close? <laughs> so 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 we have so so that so that's a stereotype, and that would be looked at as a positive stereotype. But you mentioned another stereotype mm-hmm. that they're docile, mm-hmm. that they're submissive. Exactly. And so there's all of, there's the 
these studies that look at how Asian people are able to get the job. Right. They, they, they can get a job because they've gone to like or many of them have gone to good schools, good grades, whatever. But once they're in the job, they're not looked at as being leaders. Yeah. Right. So yeah. They, they hit almost like a it, it, I guess it's not a glass ceiling. Right. It's a, like, it's well, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a glass got a ceiling. barrier. That's yeah. Right. It's there just a barrier. Perception. Yeah. So that the, so who, who's going to be the good leader? The white man. The still, white man. The white yeah. man is still. Yeah. yeah he's still going to come because in Because the other thing, too, is and I always be like, look. If you're looking, you got to look at the end result of what happens. And like, if I showed up anywhere and it's, if I showed up somewhere and, uh, well, you know what? We'll take like cooking. Everybody growing up, cooking is woman's thing. That's like the sexist thing is women cook. All the top chefs are usually white men. So what happens where I was like, and, I, and I'll be looking like, I'm like, yo, I'm pretty sure Bobby Flay is great. Mama, my grandma cooked better than him. I know it. I know it in my heart. Like, you know what I'm saying? And even when they're like, yo, I respect these people, like these women that came up. And every so time how come these cooking, women? I want to say um, that Fabulous is great, but Eminem was the best ever. Do you want me to believe that Eminem was the best rapper ever? You know what I mean? Like, yes. there's always going to be. There's always that. So, uh, like, when you're looking at the results of systems, if I came down, if aliens landed down here and they were like, hey, uh, black people must get a bad deal because they're like all in jail. Like, yeah, yeah. I said, so either, like, either you're going to say black de- people got a bad deal because they're all in jail, or you're like, and a system put them there, or you're gonna be like, black people, are bad. Black people are bad. Black people are bad. Yeah. Hey, somebody <laughs> has to put get them on the ship with us. And if you're one of the people that says, "Oh, black people are bad," I'm like, oh, "Okay, I know where you stand. You just think black people are bad, and for some reason, I made it. Like you're like yeah. you're one of the good ones. But I'm looking at it like, oh no, definitely. I mean, you see, like with the legalization of weed, yeah. like now all of a sudden, something that even our own my family demonized like yeah. literally and now it's like what's the stock and what, what kind of like, stock oh, yeah. yeah yeah we yeah. all smoking it's all cool yeah. it's all great you have at least three solid generations in our lifetime yeah. that are in jail because we've of been it. incarcerated because of that and and this is again like this is i, th- I think one of one of the things because like i can we can go on and on and mm-hmm. on about systems but then it's about well then what do we do Right, because I I agree it it can sound like a cop out because like if we do talk about systems systems are big, institutions are big. Mm-hmm. We are individuals. It seems crazy. It seems not scary, but it seems uh, formidable. Mm-hmm. And so then the question is, well, what do we do? Right. I'm careful about my uh, my praise of white rappers. My brother, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 get serious. Look, I, 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 I've always worked in hip hop publications and things like that. And look, it's not. This is nothing against the what. I have nothing against Eminem, never. And this is because I saw Eminem coming up. I've always thought he was amazing. Always thought he was incredible. What I have a problem with were his fans that were coming up, mm-hmm. and not the real fans, the white fans that kind of came on, the ones that say things like, I don't like hip-hop, but I like Eminem. Mm-hmm. I wish more hip-hop people talked about subjects like Eminem. All y'all talk about is guns and drugs. I said, all he talks about is guns and drugs. I w- and he talks about raping women. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand what that. Well, all y'all talk about is crime and stuff like that, but you don't listen to rap. Well, yeah, I don't listen to rap. It's black stuff. 
Like, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. And so when it's like, when Eminem says, you ask Eminem, what, and usually when you have a white person that's coming in that respects the culture, who are your favorite rappers? Oh, I like Redman. Oh, I like Biggie. Oh, I like Cool G Rap. Then you ask his fans, and it's like, who do you like? I like Eminem. I like Haystack. I like, and they name like, they name five white rappers, and I'm like, you're telling me in a field of 4,000 rappers. Sparks. You Yellow happen Wolf. to name the <laughs> 10 rapper, ten white rappers and six, of, Kelly. and six of them are inactive. You said Bubba <laughs> inactive. Sparks. Machine Gun Kelly. Like you said Bubba Sparks. Bubba, Paul Wall. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my thing. I said this is nothing against none of those rappers <laughs> that were named. I have a problem with the fact because I'm like, so do you ask Asian like, people, do they say gin? They would. They would. Look, Chingo like, Bling in Mexican people. I'm gonna say South Park Mexican. I don't watch golf like that, but they'd be like, "Who's your favorite golfer?" Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Why? I mean, he's good and he's black. That's just what it is. Yeah. If another person steps up, and I, if somebody was like, "Nah, this is a good golfer," and like, I don't really follow nah, it like that. Cool. You, but you know this though, and this is an aside. But if 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 Black um, Tyrone um, Hankerson Senior come out and he's golfing and he got the um, Jordans on Jordan cleats with the hat turned to the backwards, I'm gonna watch him. I'm gonna like yeah. him more than Tiger. I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm gonna oh, like, yeah. I'm I'm gonna like, like I'm, I'm, I need a Tiger replacement. I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the golfer that's affected by Tiger that's like, I'm going to come out here, but I'm going to do it like more authentic than you did. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that ever happens. But no, you guys were talking about Trump, and I definitely want to touch on these things before we get out of here. And this is an important thing that I think is happening right now. We got presidential elections coming up. Yeah. Um, and, and not coming up, but the, the, um, the Democratic um, Party is nominating different people and they're having different debates or whatever. Um, and my question is, we got these black candidates out here running these streets, these um, <laughs> light-skinned black candidates. Um, and I mean, from last last I noticed, we got three of them. I only knew of two until I did my research. So yeah, we got Kamala different. Harris and Cory Booker. And then, okay. then we got some dude named Wayne Massam. Didn't He's know. the mayor of Miramar, oh, California. Yes, yes, yes. I, um, I have heard of him. He didn't make the debates, but yeah, he is yeah. running. Oh, yeah. so why, why he couldn't make the debates? Cause he ain't got no pool. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody's. Cause he's there. the mayor. Okay, so let me, and he's out of that not, list. The only person that's legitimate out of those three you named is Kamala. That's it. Kamala? Is it Kamala? It's Kamala. Uh-huh. Whatever. You know, I mean, it's not Kamala. Is the dude who used to wrestle back in the um, oh. world in WCW back in the 1980s? Like I feel. But, but this is what I say about that. And, and I hear you. And, and okay, so let's take a step back. Let's let, let me rewind back and and bring you guys back to a time not so long ago, 2007. In 2007, late 2007, early 2008, it was Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton, right? Mm-hmm. And I was definitely one of those people who was like, "We need to vote. We need to get Hillary Clinton to win this primary because Barack Obama can't win the presidency. He's, they're not going to vote for a black man. Yeah. So I don't want another George Bush's wag." George Bush doesn't care about black people, all of that. I was on all of that shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, we need we need um, Hillary in there because Barack probably can't do it. And then he surprised, oh, do one Iowa. Okay, Barack. So then it, I was all in, full speed ahead. I feel very similar about Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, and... Um, Wayne Massam, even to a certain <laughs> Lil Wayne, Lil Weezy, Weezy L, Weezy. Um, yeah, but I feel the same. Like, I right, yeah. y'all cool, but 
Kamala, stop coming at Biden neck. Nah, man. We need Biden that's intact. But, yeah, but, but that, like, and, okay, so but you know this how, we, that's we, how I was we feeling. But let's, we don't need Biden. And see, when okay, you, so you, what bring, we need, that's you, bring up, you bring up Obama and Hillary. Obama and Hillary fought hard. Yeah. Like, fought hard. Some of those tropes that they were, that the Republicans were using the against birtherism Obama, shit. the birtherism, that came out of Hillary's camp. Well, I think it came out of Trump. It got, uh, Trump jumped onto it. But uh, I'm telling you, that was a that was a hard fought fight. And man, look, if you're gonna be president, you're gonna go you you're gonna put in the work. Okay, like Biden just stepping up. Look, the fact that Biden got blindsided at that was just proof that I'm like, are you taking this serious? Yeah, he might not. Like, you need to jump out here. Obama had a misstep very early they really on. Wanted his way. Was they like, really wanted I don't know son. if you're taking was- this serious. Okay, so now it's time for you to either step up. You're going to win this because you need to win it, and you're going to support, and you're going to represent the people, or not, or get out the way. Yeah, but here, but here's the thing. Obama was some different shit, too. Yeah, he, yeah. Obama, different shit than all these people. Uh, yeah, uh, Absolutely, Obama was a shooting star. Yeah, yeah, he's some different. I mean, shit. like Absolutely. he was just—he was a once in a lifetime, just individual, the charisma. So I mean, he just and he was just a and now he's still a brilliant. Now he's still young on vacation somewhere, Man, living, chilling, getting him and uh, Michelle getting them uh, them Netflix dollars. Like, but I'm they, drinking my time. Yeah. So, but so so, but here's the thing. Right. And so this is kind of like thinking about institutions and, and thinking about, well, what do we do about racism? Kamala, Cory Booker. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? Or are you saying it wrong? What's half her last Indian. name? Harris? Yeah. I said, oh, but she's half Indian. I know, but I That's just feel, I think I don't want to disrespect online. her by constantly. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> I think I saw online that they had it spelled like they were, the pronunciation said like a comma. Like a comma in a Kamala. sentence. Kamala. And that's why I say yeah, it like no, that. No, 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 no. I bet you it, it could I'm pretty sure I saw that on that, TV. That, now, that, somebody that, might that, be listening like this nigga. I'm going to tell you right now, too. That's the the, the teacher in you. Because yeah. that just helped me right there. Because yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to mispronounce this girl. This, her name for the rest of my life. Thinking yeah. like, oh, wait. Kamala. Kamala. <laughs> Kamala. Okay. Kamala. All right. I'll okay. you and it's And so, and it's no disrespect to my sister and my brother, my brothers, the the brother, the one brother in Florida. Weezy. Yeah. 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 Weezy, Weezy F, man. The forgotten. I hope he hears this because that, 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 might, that might get him some traction. If, like, if he came out, it's your boy yeah. Wheezy. Y'all, y'all know me. Like <laughs> y'all know On me. social media. <laughs> the young boy. Y'all Stop. know me. Oh, man. Okay. So, yeah. So, so, so that, it. and it's not, it's, I, 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 I love them right but not everybody who is black is going to help me or be for my cause okay that's what i wanted and 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 that's where like if we're if we're talking about systems and institutions i think part of what we do in this kind of voting game we gotta stop voting for who we think will win the republicans that when they when they were when they were in the primaries nobody thought trump will win them white folks said, I'm voting for who I want and Trump exactly. is who I want. Exactly. And so so with them, like I don't I don't want to go for a safe vote. There's only one candidate who's talking about disrupting institutions, and it's Bernie. And I just saw a thing about Bernie, like um laugh for the 2016 primaries. Bernie only got supported, he only had something like 26% of the black vote. 
right? Because Hillary had us, Hillary part of that Bill Clinton thing. They yeah. had the, they were like the Pod Piper, like getting niggas. And it's like, we have to start with, we Pied can't Piper go with. Power? Well, yeah, we, <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, is it what, not with his flute, with his saxophone on Arsenio Hall show, yeah. right? Pod Piper getting niggas. <laughs> go ahead. And so, yeah, and, and, and so, but this, like, we, I think the Democratic Party felt, and many people were feeling like, oh, this is Hillary's time. This Mm -hmm. is Hillary's time. How do you fuck that up? How do you fuck up a candidacy and a a presidential run to lose against Donald Trump? There's something wrong. I I feel that like when uh, Kamala was in, she was the state attorney. Um, of California. She was the DA of mm-hmm. San Francisco. She's doing some bad, she, dirty doing shit. Doing some dirty shit. It just kind of comes with the territory. You locking up a bunch of niggas. There were, there were ways in which, yeah, and like literally like us. And so, but she was there playing were, a saxophone and bringing them niggas to jail. <laughs> to jail. In a line, one by one. And but so. My, but wait, but here's my, only, here's my only thing about that though. What was she locking up? Because I always hear this, the locking up. Really, I really hear like the she was locking up parents for truancy mm-hmm. violations. Yeah. Right? That was in San Francisco. That was in San Francisco. And then you start looking at the cases, and I was like, but where? Like, the the threat, and, and by all means, I am not the person that's like, we need to be threatening people with truancy, like locking up things. But my, my other thing, too, is she's not the only one to have done this. And in terms of the people that are running for a presidential election, she's not the only prosecutor up there. It does worry me that it, the it, black it, prosecutor, they're like, why are you prosecuting black prosecutors? No, 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 no. But it's not about the prosecutor. Oh, I, I and so it's, it's, if we're going to truly disrupt a system, there's only one candidate. Like Bernie Sanders is the only candidate. What about who Elizabeth is, Warren? I, I think that she's uh, she's a wolf in sheep's clothing. She's not. She's she loves capitalism. She says she's going to be a capitalist to the day that she dies. And I think that capitalism is part of the issues that we're going like Absolutely. to have a to have a safe or to have an equitable society is something Bernie's been talking about for a long time. Now, Bernie had some missteps in the sixteen presidential campaign when it came to black people like he thought this was a it's all about the economics right and it's yeah. like nah bernie it's about race too and he's he's changed right like he's he was evolved. talking to cardi b we probably talk about this on the pod this week too he had a whole little <laughs> thing with cardi b talking about canceling raising minimum wage is, and shit even taking it a step further it's i would really like it as especially for black people I don't even think we should get involved in the cult of personality of the person at all. Like everybody should literally be but taking names off of everything and you need to blindly look yeah. at the policies of the person and look at all the policies, just write up thing, and then I like this person and then see who they are. <laughs> it's tw- it's <laughs> like twenty-eight people though right now. So my point yeah. is, is, oh, that yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. is that there might be the person who has all of the policies that are perfect for us and whatever, but they're going to get whittled out by systems that are in place that have nothing Absolutely. to do with it's us. A, it's a, it's a, <laughs> and I mean, it is a definite, like, it, it a might definite be possibility. Wayne Massam from it Miramar, California, Florida but, might be that guy. But the thing about it is, even today, and, and I don't know if it's... I, I, what about Roberto O'Rourke? No, my theory is it has a lot to do no, with... Not Beto. <laughs> My theory is it has a lot to do with the internet, but like when people are like Obama was a shooting star and that came out of nowhere, 
the flip side is the same thing happened with Trump. Mm-hmm. We don't know what is going to happen with our elections from now At on. <laughs> Obama was not supposed to win, and then he won. Trump was definitely not supposed to win. There, <laughs> You're like, there's no way. There was a there, was a there was yeah. a there was a Bill uh, Maher skit recently where he was like, I'm not even asking this person to run, but there's only one surefire person. He who said, oh, and Oprah. I mean, but it made sense. Like, you yeah. know, it's like I think we're kind of in a in a in a. I'm not going to say a post seriousness of elections that there's got to be some kind of a like some kind of a celebrity aspect to I don't it. Think- but even more than that, I think we're this is an elephant in the room that we, there's not enough time to discuss that there's a, a, a documentary on Netflix talking about the data right now. If, if y'all want to check it out. Yes. yes. Man, that, that shit. I watched like a couple of minutes of it. I'm going to go finish that up very soon. But it's talking about how there's like 5,000 points of data on every single person in the United States and how they looked at everyone and saw who was the most susceptible to be able to influence and then sent them specific targeted messages via social media and via every uh, phones and outlets and then pushed them towards making certain decisions that got Donald Trump in office. Like this shit ain't like it's, it's not just. Oh, Donald Trump got like Donald Trump is not smart enough to do some yeah, of the yeah, shit no. and it's that a, it's ends a, up happening. And it's it's what we're talking about with systems, but mm-hmm. it's just on a digital enhanced scale. So let's take this back a little bit. And this is the question I have. Do we have to support those black candidates? You're saying no, Horace. No. You're saying no, no. Move on. Okay. No. So my question, I mean, why then do do we have to turn on them though? Because no, there's a no, guy, there's a no, guy, absolutely there's not. a guy who, and I'm not going to say his name. He went to school with us. He listens to a lot of podcasts. He's my guy. But every damn other day. On the rampage. He'd be on. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to tell him to chill. The dialogue, we need you to chill, man. We just need you to chill. No, 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 on these, no, no. Like you can't keep coming at the black people like this. So here's my thing. He's got a life. diverse set of opinions I and understand. I appreciate it. It's just sometimes, D, come on, man. But it is one of the things where, and I've, I've given him a pass on it for the most part because I was like, okay, you're coming from a region where she comes from. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is like, look, there are people I know in the legal world here, and I don't care what they run for. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in 20 years from now, if that person's running for something, I'm like, nah, he or she been shady. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he or she was shady 30 years ago when I met them and da 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 So that kind of thing, like getting over that, it takes a lot to be like, okay, let me sit up here and just look at the policies and just vote. Because it's hard to get past that as a person. And especially when we're dealing with things like this person locks up people that either I know yeah. or that look like me. Yeah. Or that have been in a situation that I'm in. See, now, I do agree he go hard. That, that, that's the whole, he, go hard. he hate, he go, he hate he Jamel go. Hill. Like he anytime he, he locks into something, he will continuously yeah. go hard on it. He go hard. It's entertaining though. Yes, it's entertaining. But he go hard. But the, the other things that I, I talk about is just kind of how I don't think it's just him. I just threw him out there. You don't yeah. hate me. Whatever. I'm just yeah. throwing him out there. But other people, like there's there's quotes about Cory Booker, and they still want to talk about his sexuality, about how yeah. all of a sudden, oh, now he's dating Rosario Dawson, like when you so say been gay for the last 20, like 15 years. Yeah. Not, but yeah. people kind of been that shush, 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 shush about him. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, now you want to pull up at the Delta convention because old girl is AK, so now you got, you need like, like, yeah. like it's a whole bunch of other little things in there, in it, but I'll see this on social media with people like talking down on Cory Booker, talking down on Kamala Harris, and but I don't see the same like, 
hate for like talking down on Bernie Sanders or talking no, down on no. Elizabeth Warren or yeah. talking down on Beto or like, even well, like, people. Like, let, let, let me give Donald some fuel for then like say Joe <laughs> Biden. But well, not that I need to give him some, but like Joe Biden ran for president what in like eighty mm-hmm. eight. Yeah, he had a whole lot of plagiarism scandal. Yeah. Like like picked up some shit from the uh, so did Melania and Trump. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and so like so there's a lot of there's a lot of um, like issues that yeah. have with uh, with with different candidates. Mm-hmm. They're shady, but I, I agree with. And then there are other things like Pete Buttigieg is nothing to me. He's nothing. He's blank. Everybody's saying he needs to get out of no, it. No, no, no. I mean, he's a blank slate. But the fact that he's able to step up and be like, hey, guys, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and he gets the cover of Newsweek. And it's like, okay, so <laughs> why, are, why aren't we going through and being like, yo, what are you doing? That's like Rick on um on Anchorman. Like that's hey, really what it is. Like hey, I'm not doing. I'm anything. not doing anything. I haven't done anything wrong. You're like, what have you done? And then when you find out, it's like, well, you did kind of do something wrong yeah. when you're talking about your dealing with your police chief. With your police then it's like, who uh, was black? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know how to handle the yeah. black the black vote or that kind of thing. So yeah, uh, we as a people got to be more discerning. Let's on, just on the voting. So let's just wrap this part with this. Who you who you think right now? Who you um, voting for? I am still leaning towards Elizabeth Warren and Horace Bernie all the way. I'm and for me, it's, it's Andrew Gillum. So I'm gonna need you to get in the election. So that's, that's <laughs> my favorite my favorite black politician. And I'm gonna right tell now. you too. Anybody that is willing to take away these loans. I'm with. Oh, like, I'm not with man. that shit. No, 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 because it don't way. affect me personally. So. <laughs> I don't care about you, niggas. I don't care about you, niggas. I'm gonna tell you, you want right all now. y'all to come up on me, <laughs> and then I gotta. Then, then I'm gonna go to social media, and all y'all gonna be on vacation, <laughs> buying new cars and shit. Nah, nigga. Yeah, I don't need nah. I'm not voting for you, though. Not happening. I'm gonna tell you right now. You get rid of these loans, you got me. No, the same way people. Man, from Bush I, I, when he gave out no. that seven hundred dollars, like he's like, I'm gonna give you some. Now cash. they let me go to, like, they let me go get a PhD for free. On top of like, take away y'all loans, then I'm with the shits. But, but, nah, but, nah, but none of that shit. Bernie, Bernie's on that wave. Nah, I'm not Bernie is definitely on that wave. He's like, and that's, yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, it's just uh, I, the best advice is what Devon's saying. Like, look at remove the persona, see what they're about. Um, and and also, I would also recommend for people see. Explore alternative media sources like mm-hmm. your CNNs, your NBCs. They're all those are all the corporate media, and they're going to um, facilitate and push people who are who are not going to disrupt this yeah. kind of capitalist system. But taking taking a page out of your out of Devon's book. You know, just look and see what the policies mm. are, and then look and see at the lower level too. There are like these at, at the at the lower level, like vote for your sheriff, aren't vote there for those, your judges. Oh yeah, man, yeah. vote for people. Your DA, like, like, yeah, yeah, your oh, DA oh, all that but stuff. Aren't there Show those finders? Like, there's there's these apps that you, you should be able to find where you will say they do compare, and you you'll like you take yeah. all of, you'll say all of your different things that you're passionate about, and it'll tell you which candidate is for you. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's some things out there right now for it. So maybe it's something that you should. You should look into right now, and if you find a candidate that's appropriate for you, then donate to their to their campaign. Absolutely, like yeah. that's a that is a, a surefire way to make sure that your candidate can maybe stay in the race a little Absolutely. bit more and talk a little bit about them on social media. So before we get out of here, two big things. Well, one question and it's encompassing two other questions. The last time we um we did this woke podcast earlier in the year, um, I knew who Nipsey Hussle was, 
but I wasn't necessarily on him like that. I wasn't in into his music. I wasn't just like I was like okay, Cali guy who like fake some fake Snoop um, or uh, yeah, whomever I, else. I, I and I mean, yeah. pretty. I mean, pretty cool. Like I heard a, a song or two that I was like, okay, that's pretty dope. I had heard Blue Laces, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, Nipsey Hussle died. I hear find out more things about him. I start listening to um, to um, what is it? What's the name of his damn album? Um, Victory, Victory Lab. Victory I start listening to Victory Lab um, for the last. I'm gonna say two months. I, I've been a, on a bridge. Nipsey Hussle has been in yeah. rotation. I'm a, a musical fan of his music. Um, Ocean Views. All this like I, I really like Nipsey Hussle tracks. Um, what is the lasting legacy that you guys have seen from? And I think it's just it, when you talk about shooting star. I don't. He's not a shooting star like Obama, but it was very much one of those things where it's like, oh damn, okay, this guy died and like, but he was he had a lot more going on, and I thought. Yeah. And um, I don't know yeah. what are y'all thoughts and kind of that lasting legacy of Nipsey Hussle to the woke black community. And Devon, I'll let you start because you're in the hip hop a lot more than we are. I, I mean, I would say with him. Uh, I think you're going to see, I think you're starting to see a lot more. And I think he's on the t- the beginning of that wave. Maybe not the beginning of that wave, but I think he's the result of a lot of entertainers seeing what has happened in the past and being like, I am going to, I'm not going to run for my community. I'm going to build up stuff. And that's it. Because we've seen too many entertainers that have built up, I mean, billions worth of equity and then wind up coming right back home with mm-hmm. nothing. So it is one of those things, like, I'm like, well, why leave? Like, why leave? Why not build up what I have here? Because nobody else want to be around <coughs> us but us. Mm-hmm. So why don't I just make this? I mean, him putting in the STEM Research Center, him buying up the store, like, those kind of things, being that business savvy. And also, like, the biggest thing I saw about Nipsey and the, the reason he popped on my radar, and I was not a fan of his still until Victory Lap. Like, Victory Lab came out. I was like, oh, okay, I can jam this. Uh, Slauson Boy, too. That goes hard. Him, uh, I still wasn't even a fan of that. Really, the biggest thing I saw was when he sold that CD for $100 a piece. Mm. And Jay-Z bought, like, 100 copies. And so then I was like, and the story of that just alone, where he's like, I see what he's doing. I was like, well, if Jay recognizes you, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to at least keep you on the radar. But I still really wasn't listening to him. Hearing Victory Lap, I was like, he, I mean, his style is not, I like a more lyrical rap style, Mm -hmm. but he makes these motivational raps, and then you see he's actually living the motivation. Like, it's, it's, he was kind of writing this. Were you seeing this when he was still alive? When I saw, I guess the business sense of him for selling the CD at a hundred dollars, because I saw him Mm -hmm. do it and I saw Currency. Uh, was selling a CD. Wu Tang sold that CD for like a hundred thousand. That 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 was not the same. Yeah, that was definitely not the same. (laughs) But I saw I saw him and I saw Currency that were like because Currency did a Pilot Talk three, and he's like, "This is just what I'm gonna sell it for. You can buy it." And they were they were stepping outside of the iTunes system, and people were like, "That's dumb," but they were being successful at. I'm like, "You're shooting videos." I'm hearing more about you. You're obviously doing something. And it's really like, I guess when this all comes in, at a certain point, we just got to learn how to support ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
Like that's really it. So like, that's when his lasting, is that like his lasting legacy? Yeah, yeah. I think he's a. I think he's a. He's a result of somebody looking at systems and being like, you know what? But if I don't learn how to support myself, it's not going to work out. If I don't own this part of my neighborhood and I let somebody else own it, they always going to be able to snatch it from me, which is what they were trying to do. If I don't own my masters. As part of this system in the music industry, they are going to snatch it from me. If I don't own this, and and not only that, if I don't support the people that are coming up around me, those people that are closest to me, and even though some people would be like, oh, well, his neighborhood, somebody from his neighborhood shot him. People showed him love in his area, and those are the people that he respected, and those are the people that he trusted. The police were investigating him. That's not his neighborhood. Like, there's always going to be a system involved that's trying to take you down. He was built up. He built up a community around him as his protection. And that's what was helping him out. And that's what was helping him build. And more people need to be like that. You don't have to go outside of your community to build up everything. Because mm-hmm. it's just, you're building everything on, his, on, yeah. on sand. Because yeah. as soon as they get tired of you, they will snatch it. And then they'll be like, look at him. Yeah, and that's and I think that's what the the, the lasting legacy like. I, I I mean I had heard of Nipsey Hussle like before like just randomly, but I didn't listen to Victory Lap until Sale shout out Sale uh, like talked about it on the group meet one time. Mm-hmm. Listened to the album on iTunes and didn't really <laughs> like it, but I mean yeah. it just kept it moving. But you know, in like kind of finding out more, and then especially after his passing. I think Nipsey shows that we don't have to look, as Devon's pointed out, we don't have to look outward to find value like in ourselves as black people, in our neighborhoods, where where people look at our neighborhoods and our pre- predominantly black neighborhoods as being deficient. He looked at it as like, no, these are my people. Like this is there's yeah. value here, yeah. along with the entrepreneurship, um, and in in the uplift that he had, but. I think that Nipsey's approach can be a model for some people, Absolutely. right? It can be a model to say that, hey, like, well, A, to know the business, like you got, we live in a capitalist society, you need to know how capital works. He clearly knew how capital works, right? Um, but then understanding about the, really about just community, about the people around you. He loved black people. Right. Um, I heard that he had some some ideas, though, about some uh, doctor like doctor. Yeah. And so and but 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 that but that but then but then I think about, well, look, I think about again, like just thinking about my privilege and think about, well, like I was able to go to to Xavier. I was able to do this. I was able to do that. I wonder, like, what if that nigga had the same opportunity that I had? What the fuck would he be doing? You know what I'm saying? So it's like. You know, those kinds of things while I'm like, ah, it's kind of problematic. In general, he was using the resources he read. He had like a, the, a list of books that he had, yeah. um, like Eldridge Cleaver. Like he was reading the right things. Like the, 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 the brother was really giving us, uh, like I said, a model, a model to look in, to not look at black people as deficits as hurting as needing something but to look at value and to try to build from there yeah i mean everything about what both of you guys are saying is true and i think the biggest thing kind of for me is just in building wealth in your own communities investing in your own communities and um like i just i don't think i saw that i just saw him as kind of like a different i I didn't see that 
But I think his lasting legacy, your legacy can be bigger than who the man was, right? And I, oof, that's going to sound crazy. It's because the, the initial thing that came to my head was if, if, if those of y'all who are out there thinking about, uh, like, like the class we took, the Synoptic Gospels in Acts, that was the name of the class we took together at, um, at Xavier. <laughs> it was a, it was a religion class and it helped me, like that, that class was the first time I ever walked away from the class, like, Hold up, wait, Jesus like was a real person who existed? Like whether you believe he's the son of God or Christ or whatever else, oh, this was a real person that some Roman scribe wrote down. He got um he got executed because of, you know, blasphemy or whatever it is. Like it kind of that same and I'm not to put not not to be blasphemous about this, but on that same level to where it's like you can be a lot bigger of a thing after you die than what you were in your lifetime. Absolutely. And I think that you know, Tupac, Biggie might be the same way, like in that way. And I think that Nipsey Hussle is right up there because he was doing the right things when he was living. And if his legacy and early indications are that if his legacy leads to more black people of um, means or not means using their platforms to try to build within the community, try to do more things that are, are making successful. And I mean, then that that's a legacy. That's a life well spent. And so hopefully that we're continuing some of those things that Nipsey was preaching on. And I'm going to end it with this. What are you doing for the culture? What do you think you're doing for the culture? That's a charge to the audience. And it's a charge to the two guys I'm sitting at. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you doing to improve our situation as a people? Are we just sitting around talking about it on a podcast or like, what are you doing for the culture? I mean, you know, what I'm doing is I'm taking, you know, my life experiences into the academy um, to in spaces like I'm getting a PhD, trying to get onto the academic job market, become a professor. And what I want to do is take take these ideas of like who I am as a person, as a black person, like living in this society um, and bringing voice to places where. Um, especially black men, ironically, like have not been represented, but not to be a placeholder, but to take the things that like um, my research looks at um, students who are suspended and students who have juvenile justice contact. All of my kids back when I was teaching, like like my kids, like the, 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 the students who I had an affinity for, the students who I rode for, the students who I had to advocate for because they were just getting screwed over. I'm trying to represent them and study them to, well, and again, not just to study and just to have this piece of work, but to also get involved in activism and just spreading my message to organizations who use this type of research and to just kind of just spread out, spread the news mm-hmm. of, of, of what that's going. Uh, I mean, I work with children already. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's black, it's black children. And then, I mean, that's my job, but I guess on, in terms of freelance and like in terms of what we do for the podcast, uh, we're always trying to showcase uh, minority, particularly black businesses, mm-hmm. particularly black acts, uh, black people. And it's, uh, you kind of be surprised how I, I, it's not like people are actively like, I don't want to hear the black stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally it. Uh, and, 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 and it's helped out because, you know, sometimes I'll go, I'll write an article and then somebody will send me a message like, thank you so much. Like, I've been sending such and such publication so many emails and I never got a response. And I was like, you know, they're going to get a whole bunch of emails. But if I'm 
one of the few black people here, I might be the only person that picks up on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, your this gives you the opportunity to get like some press, get more people here, help you build up stuff. And hopefully you're helping other black people come along as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and I can add to that. And I'm like, like, it's funny because I said, what are y'all doing? I know we just talking shit, but the talking shit is a lot of what I do. Like yeah. sitting on this, sitting, Absolutely. sitting on this, on this podcast. But even tomorrow, I'm going to be going out and talking to some, um, some educators about the need for black more black and more um, more minorities and more more women in computer science. And I'm going to be talking to them tomorrow, a group of teachers about that. So I try to get out there and be an advocate for for the under underserved, for the marginalized groups and to say, hey, look, this is what's going on, on out here. And I'll give a voice to the voiceless, bring certain things to to different institutions, different schools and kids who don't have these opportunities because I can speak for me and I can look around with a lot of the friends um, that I went to school with and people that I know. A lot of us come from backgrounds where our parents influenced us and told us that you're going to school, you're going to be doing this, you're going to do that. And you see so many kids who don't have that and they don't even know certain opportunities are out there. So I feel like my place in the in the culture is to get out there and um and, and and talk to them and talk to different people and like even my bigger macro thing that I've kind of like pulled myself out of is at one point it was I was teaching thirty kids like you just said like in the movie I was Jaime Escalante I was <laughs> teaching those, that one class right I mean, even if it ain't thirty kids it's a hundred kids I teach a yeah. hundred kids yeah. and this hundred kids or whatever and then when I left and came to this job I remember my mother telling me well. Now, instead of getting 100 kids, you can impact 50 teachers who can impact 100 kids. And I'm even more of like even more removed from that because like last week I was in Virginia teaching teachers how to go teach other teachers. Yeah. How like even 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 a more macro level. And but the conversation is always I always make it a point to talk about race and culture and how that's an important discussion to have. Because if I can just spark teachers to think and consider, because like I stole this from you. And when I get on my soapbox, I always say it, Duff, but I stole this line from you. We don't make T-shirts. Like teachers don't make T-shirts. Devon, you in the classroom still right now. You don't make T-shirts. Your job matters. Like some people, like, and the other example we said was make coffee. And that was before black coffee was making coffee. <laughs> so that's not a, that's not a slug at the homies at black coffee. Yeah. You don't make coffee. You don't make t-shirts. Yeah. Those jobs are great. But if you mess it up, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Like educating kids matters. You can quite literally be fucking up the future if you don't do that yeah. job right. So hopefully I'm doing my part to make sure that the people who are educating the kids are doing it with the right spirit in the right way that and i mean you know even if they're on the zero to 50 um white racism scale then maybe we could push their ass closer down Mm -hmm. to zero as opposed to these overt people who over there fucking over kids and not caring about the educational experience of kids because they don't feel positive thoughts about those children or the communities that they come from or the communities that they teach in Mm -hmm. so there's so many different levels as far as kind of the things that i'm trying to accomplish there but it's the overarching theme is just for the community. I just want to make education a better thing, improving the way we educate our kids, one way, to, one kid at a time. And I think that's my little tagline on LinkedIn. But um, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, look, fellas, I appreciate you guys. Man, I mean, I told you an hour. I gave y'all an hour and a half. I think yeah. the people out there respect that a little bit because they get something to listen to on their way yeah. to and from work. So. Um, We'll do. We got to do this again. Absolutely. This, Absolutely. this, this, this is, is great. cathartic. Like this, I need this. <laughs> this, is this is what we used to refer to as guy talk, right? Yeah, this is guy talk. <laughs> but um, under the guise of woke, woke part two. Be on the lookout for woke part three. It's gonna come 
And um, Devon, tell them where to find In My Humble Opinion. Oh, oh, go to uh, myhumbleo.com. Uh, they'll have a, or myhumbleo.com backslash links. It's got everything, Google Podcast, uh, our Apple Podcast, everything that we're on, it's there. And follow us on Instagram, myhumbleo. All right, and don't follow Duff because um, he doesn't have anything for you to necessarily follow like that. But um, I'll tag him on the on a picture for this on Instagram, so you can follow his personal page if you like to. Do but that. if you see a light skinned guy walking around like the guy that from the Spike Lee movies, that's him. <laughs> you talking that's, about um? That's him. <laughs> no, okay, man. Look, we out, man. I'll see y'all next time. You know they say if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't say something nice don't say nothing at all nothing nice to say but i don't like i ain't got nothing i ain't got nothing i ain't got nothing nice to say i ain't got nothing nice to say at all so i won't say nothing at all i ain't nothing nice you hear me